the mentality of the chef. Stephen Curry, two-time league MVP, only unanimous MVP in the history of basketball, three-time NBA champion, greatest shooter of all time, and arguably the greatest point guard of all time, has had one of the most unconventional and unorthodox roads to superstardom ever. He's the son of a former NBA sharpshooter in Del Curry, who was a lifelong Hornet. And so Steph grew up in Charlotte. He was a scrawny high school kid who was never coveted by the big school by the big schools. He was given a shot by Davidson, one of the only D1 schools to give him a starting role. He still struggled and took two years to develop his game at college. In his third year, when he led Davidson on an incredible run into the Sweet 16 in March Madness, he got everyone's attention. This sharpshooter, a shooting guard, seemingly a shooting guard, playing the point, pulling from crazy ranges and carrying a poor Davidson team, a very lowly seated Davidson, Davidson roster, to the heights of March Madness. It was an incredible story and people were eating it up. His downside, however, remained the same as it was since high school. That was a reason he wasn't coveted back then. He was too scrawny and wouldn't have the frame to deal with college and NBA's physicality. After three years at college, he declared for the NBA draft. And the Golden State Warriors took a shot with him on him with the seventh pick. Although the seventh pick, he was the fourth guard off the board. And so was still by every regard considered a long shot. And still wasn't extremely highly coveted. His struggles and doubts did not end there. After a promising rookie campaign, making rookie, all rookie first team and finishing second in rookie of the year, he faced severe, severe ankle injuries. Let's take a pause on his journey so far. So far, we've only got through one of his NBA seasons, and he's dealt with almost every situation you could think of. He was a child of an NBA player, so he had tremendous expectations from a young age. He dealt with dejection and rejection when he was looking to get recruited from colleges. He also dealt with being the big fish in a small pond towards the end of his Davidson career. And finally, so far, he's dealt with doubters, speculation, and uncertainty. Through every trial and tribulation so far, he's proven himself and come out on top. Really inspirational. <laughs> what an inspiration. Uh, now, we re now we reach his ankle injuries. To put it simply, he just kept twisting his ankle. He didn't have... A I can go into his kinetic chain, but... Essentially, he had a dodgy ankle. I mean, let's just leave it at that. So dodgy that he kept spraining it and twisting it. And sprain after sprain after sprain eventually resulted in him getting surgery in his second and third seasons in the NBA. As a result, the Warriors did exceptionally bad in his second and third seasons and locked into Clay Thompson and Harrison Barnes, a story for another time. Now we can add injuries to the list of mental states and the mentalities he's been in facing incredible levels of doubt on his return when he still faced the same problem he always did as his frail frame. And that's a lot of people pinpointed his ankle problems to his frame. Okay, he's, he's too weak. He doesn't have it. And I mean, they were right. Time came the 2013 offseason when it was time for a new contract as his rookie expires. The Warriors offered him a four-year, $44 million, which in hindsight seems like an absolute steal for someone who in those four years would win three championships and two MVPs. But to put, in, to put into context how much he was doubted, it was a general consensus around the league that even that at the time was overpaying a bit much. 
four years, $44 million. Can you imagine thinking that was overpaying for a prime Steph Curry? Can you imagine? That's how much he was doubted coming off those injuries. He comes out the next year with a vengeance, securing his first All-Star appearance and leading the previously shocking Warriors to their first 50-win season in over a decade. 51-win season, averaging 24 points a game. He had arrived. And although they lost in the first round, which, to be fair, they pushed the Clippers to seven games. And mind you, the Clippers that year were the favorites going to the playoffs with Lob City, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Paul, all in their prime. The Warriors showed that they were a force to be reckoned with. The next year he comes out, he leads his team, he leads his team to 67 freaking wins and had one of the most efficient MVP seasons of all time. He won the MVP playing only 31 minutes a game. That's less than three quarters a game. He averaged 25 points, shot 48% from the field, 90%, uh, 40% from three. One of the most efficient MVP winning seasons of all time. They win the chip that year and he's on top of the world. They went. They won the chip. They beat the Cavs. You want to go into the injury as much as you can, a uh, bunch you want, how Kyrie, LeBron, Kevin Love, they were all battered up. Fair enough, but they won the championship and that's all people are going to remember. Here, at this point, he's, he feels triumph, the mindset of triumph. He's gotten everything he could ask for after an absolute dream season, winning MVP, 67 wins, wins the championship. It continues with him winning unanimous MVP, the scoring title, most threes in a season, the first 50, 40, 90 in 50 years, also leading his team to 73 and 9, the best season of all time. They cruise to the finals, they're up 3-1. He's on top of the damn world. And then the unspeakable happens. It, they, they blow they a 3-1 lead. Here he's dealt with absolute king mentality. And then the greatest heartbreak imaginable. He's understandably crushed. I, I mean, anyone would. He was on top of the world. He won everything there is to win that year. And was one win away from wrapping up what would be one of the greatest seasons of all time. Still is. Can you imagine if you won the championship? Yeah. Then the whole KD thing ensues. Keep in mind, why all the above take place, everything I've just said before, the Warriors are still the most liked team in the NBA. They're still very much a Cinderella story from the year before with an amazing narrative. And so naturally, Steph being the face of that Cinderella's team and also, in general, being a very likable person would also be loved. He was loved. However, after KD, the Golden State Warriors became public enemy number one. 73-win team, 67, then 73-win team, going to two finals. And they just signed the best player in the league or the second best player in the league. Everyone on that team was hated. KD fairly obviously was hated for his decision. Draymond's once appreciated grit, grind, and leadership was now talked off as cockiness and him being a bum because he averaged single-digit points, even though he won Defensive Player of the Year. Steph's swagger and looking off after threes and biting his mouth guard and shimmying was now looked at with, with a sense of disgust and a sense of arrogance instead of the awe and the, and the wow, look at, look at Steph Curry, look at that swagger. It was no longer looked like that. It was looked like as being cocky. He had to learn to deal with being hated. Frankly, it's as simple as that. He had to learn to deal with being hated 
after being the most loved player and the most successful player in the NBA two seasons in a row. He also learned what it was, what it felt like to be doubted for the first time in a while. With KD winning both finals MVPs while also having that king shit mentality and that untouchable feeling. That untouchable feeling, being on top of the world, winning two championships, like just cruising to two championships. And that feeling of being on top of the world, being untouchable, oh, how all of that changed so damn quickly. Oh, how it all changed. On their hunt for a three-peat, the Warriors were thrown every ounce of bad luck imaginable. It started with DeMarcus Cousins breaking his leg early on, then Andre Godal's knee, then Draymond's shoulder, then KD's calf sprain, then Steph's hand, and then the two big ones, KD's Achilles and Clay's ACL. They lost in the finals. And for the first time in a long time, Steph and Curry felt an absolute downpour of bad luck and misfortune. It didn't get it any better with him breaking his hand the next year, the first week of the season, and the Warriors going into a tank mode. A little bit of luck came their way as they got the number two pick and picked James Wiseman, who, by the way, is looking like he is going to be a problem in this league for a very long time. So that's great news for the Warriors team that's had, frankly, absolutely terrible luck recently. But this all immediately went absolute tits off. It went, went to crap with Clay Thompson tearing, Achilles, tearing his Achilles on draft night. Absolutely gutting. Gutting. No other way to put it. No other way to put it. As Just as the dubs were getting revved up for a revenge tour, everyone thought they were gone and their best days were behind us. The super team is over. Katie's left. Clay tours ACL. It's over. They were getting revved up for a revenge tour. The worst happens. God, please let that be the worst that's happened. Clay tears his Achilles. And once again, recent news broke just a couple days ago. Even more bad news. Marquise Chris, an amazingly promising center. Borderline all-star talent. Broke his leg and will be out of the season. This brings us back full circle. Stephen Curry deals with doubt today. As in today's sports world, relevancy and recency is everything. Stephen Curry's only played about 15 games since 2019, and people now are doubting him. They're doubting his greatness, even though he simply just hasn't played. But they're still doubting it because he just hasn't done anything in the last almost two years. He's now tasked with, once again, being a mammoth fish in a small pond, the small pond being the dreadful Golden State roster right now, and steer not only his team, but his legacy as the greatest point guard of all time back on track. That's a bit of an insight into the mentality of the chef. Thank you for listening and take care.